The Beggars from A Dreamer's Tale by Lord Dunsinay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman. I was walking down Piccadilly not long ago, thinking of nursery rhymes and regretting old romance. As I saw the shopkeepers walk by in their black frock coats and their black hats, I thought of the old line in nursery annals, The merchants of London, they wear scarlet. The streets were all so unromantic, dreary. Nothing could be done for them, I thought. Nothing. And then my thoughts were interrupted by barking dogs. Every dog in the street seemed to be barking. Every kind of dog, not only the little ones, but the big ones, too. They were all facing east toward the way I was coming by. Then I turned around to look, and had this vision, in Piccadilly, on the opposite side of the houses, just after you passed the cab rank. Tall, bent men were coming down the street arrayed in marvelous cloaks. All were sallow of skin and swarthy of hair, and most of them wore strange beards. They were coming slowly, and they walked with staves, and their hands were out for alms. All the beggars had come to town. I would have given them a gold doubloon engraved with the towers of Castile, but I had no such coin. They did not seem the people to whom were fitting to offer the same coin as one tendered for the use of a taxicab. Oh, marvelous, ill-made word! Surely the password, somewhere, of some evil order. Some of them wore purple cloaks with wide green borders, and the border of green was a narrow strip with some, and some wore cloaks of old and faded red, and some wore violet cloaks, and none wore black. And they begged gracefully, as gods might beg for souls. I stood by a lamp-post, and they came up to it, and one addressed it, calling the lamp-post brother, and said, O oh, lamp-post, our brother of the dark, are there many wrecks by thee in the tides of the night? Sleep not, brother, sleep not. There were many wrecks, and it not for thee. It was strange. I had not thought of the majesty of a street lamp and his long watching over drifting men. But he was not beneath the notice of these cloaked strangers. Then one murmured to the street, Art thou weary, street? Yet a little longer they shall go up and down, and keep thee clad with tar and wooden bricks. Be patient, street. In a while the earthquake cometh. Who are you, the people said, and where do you come from? Who may tell what we are, they answered, or whence we come? And one turned toward the smoke-stained houses, saying, Blessed be the houses, because men dream therein. Then I perceived what I had never thought, that all these staring houses were not alike, but different one from another, because they held different dreams. And another turned to the tree that stood by the green park railing, saying, Take comfort, tree, 
for the fields shall come again. And all the while the ugly smoke went upwards, the smoke that was stifling romance, and blackened the birds. This, I thought, they can neither praise nor bless. And when they saw it, they raised their hands toward it, towards the thousand chimneys, saying, Behold the smoke, the old coal forest that have lain so long in dark, and so long still, are dancing now, and going back to the sun. Forget not, earth, O our brother, and we wish thee joy of the sun. It had rained, and a cheerless stream dropped down a dirty gutter. It had come from heaps of refuse, foul and forgotten. It had gathered upon its way things that were derelict, and went to somber drains, unknown to man or the sun. It was this sullen stream, as much as all other causes, that had made me say in my heart that the town was vile, that beauty was dead in it, and romance fled. Then this thing they blessed, and one that wore a purple cloak with broad green border said, Brother, be hopeful yet, for thou shalt surely come at last to the delectable sea, and meet the heaving, huge, and traveled ships, and rejoice by the isles that have known the golden sun. Even thus they blessed the gutter, and I felt no whim to mock. And the people that went by in their black, unseemly coats and their misshapen, monstrous, shiny hats, the beggars also blessed. And one of them said to one of these dark citizens, O twin of night himself, with thy specks of white at wrists and neck, like to night's scattered stars, how fearful thou dost veil with black thy hid, unguessed desires! They are deep thoughts in thee, that they will not frolic with color, that they say no to purple, and lovely green be gone. Thou hast wild fantasies, that they must needs be tamed with black, and terrible imaginings, that they must be hidden thus. Hast thy soul dreams of the angels, and of the walls of fairy, that thou hast guarded it so utterly, lest it dazzle astonished eyes? Even so, God hid the diamond deep down in miles of clay. The wonder of thee is not married by mirth. Behold, thou art very secret. Be wonderful, be full of mystery. Silently the man in the black frock coat passed on, and I came to understand, when the purple beggar had spoken, that the dark citizen had trafficked, perhaps, with end, that in his heart were strange and dumb ambitions, that his dumbness was founded by solemn rite on the roots of ancient tradition, that it might be overcome one day by a cheer in the street, or by someone singing a song, and that when this shopman spoke, there might come clefts in the world, and people peering over the abyss. Then, turning toward Green Park, where as yet spring was not, the beggars stretched out their hands, and looked at the frozen grass, and the yet unbudding trees they, chanting all together, prophesied daffodils. 
A motor omnibus came down the street, nearly running over some of the dogs that were barking ferociously still. It was sounding its horn noisily. And the vision went then. The End of The Beggars by Lord Dunsinay This recording is in the public domain.